feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our first untitled TIFF review of 2021. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, it's time to rev those engines. It's TIFF season. Yeah, baby. Yes. Today we are reviewing Julia DeCarno's Titan, starring Agathe Rusella, Vincent Linden, and more. It is the opening night film of Midnight Madness. It is the Palme d'Or winner of this year. It was on our list of uh, most anticipated films for 2020 and 2021, uh, a movie we were very excited to see. Uh, I'm so excited to kick off the festival with this one. It was legitimately uh, the first movie we screened for the festival this year, which I feel like, Eric... Every year, I think I either start with the Palme d'Or winner or one of the biggest Cannes films, and I don't know if you feel the same way when it comes to TIFF, and I'm just so pumped that it's TIFF season, and we're doing this on video for the first time, but um, TIFF is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite time of doing this show with you in this podcast. I feel like we've absolutely crushed it the last couple of years, and, and the additional thing we're doing this year, last year we added the individual reviews instead of doing the daily roundup and then this year uh we're doing video uh which adds a lot of work on our end but it's a it's a it's a blast so i'm so excited to talk about this how you feeling i'm good i'm excited especially because we're kicking it off with a genre film and one that i really have no idea how to talk about because i think the best way to go into a movie like this is to know nothing at all mm-hmm. and some people will be ultimately turned off uh by the film and and especially if they're looking at it from the point of view of you know this being a palm door winner and the prestigious element that you know coincides with being a palm door winner this isn't like i daniel blake or you know an a pitch a pong movie but we'll be talking about him as well you know in in one of our reviews not even like parasite which kind of kind of straddles that line a little parasite's one of those movies that kind of is a film that meets in the middle and it's very rare to get one of those films where it balances both genre and sort of you know accessibility (laughs) in that perfect sort of milieu where t10 is a genre movie that wears its beating bloody heart on its sleeve um and you know the influences that this film is showcasing is everything from you know body horror elements that you know david cronenberg has kind of brought to the forefront to the works of nicholas wending refn um Mm -hmm. and even a little bit of uh, 1981's possession and then on top of that you know if this movie was released say between 2000 and 2005 it would fit beautifully within the french uh extremities uh that is you know movies like high tension directed by alexander aja or martyrs or inside movies that are very infamous in terms of the visuals that they uh provoke an audience to watch and sort of have to dissect and what it means in terms of metaphor but also just how grisly or extreme again the extremities can be within you know the genre that the the filmmaker is playing with and julia decarno also being somewhat infamous for her last film which played at tiff raw um, midnight madness midnight madness movie a film that you know is a 
cannibalistic coming of age drama with one of the leads uh, in that movie uh, also being in this, uh, playing uh, a character that's also named Justine in both Raw and in T10. Whether or not they're the same character, I don't think they are. Um, it's just kind of a fun little nod to her last movie. Yeah. But in terms of getting into the plot, I don't want to say too much, but I will say that it involves sex, cars, mayhem, and murder. And that is probably the best way to sum it up. I've already mentioned body horror. Yes, tons of fire, (laughs) uh, a lot of fluid, um, specifically both gender fluid and also literal fluid uh, throughout. And it's a film about rebirth and death in, in many ways. And visually speaking again that's the reason why you come to see a movie like to 10 which mm-hmm. is very much provocative in terms of you know human decay and rebirth of uh, of a being and there's some very outlandish moments throughout this movie but uh if you give it a shot you might be pleasantly surprised oh yeah it'll be unlike any other movie you watch uh this year i will guarantee that um and a little context for our tiff stuff this year um we're considering these capsule reviews so we're not going to go as long as maybe our normal reviews which sometimes go upwards of 20 30 40 minutes depending on the film we're going to try to keep these condensed 10 15 minutes tops this year for every review um if we go a little bit longer that's fine but we're going to keep this short and as eric mentioned we don't want to give anything away in this movie so we'll probably be pretty vague with our thoughts um yeah i think it's a it's i really really liked it i do have maybe some issues in the latter half of the movie of it coming to a crashing halt a little bit and the pacing kind of slows down and it becomes more of this story between um no it was crashing intentional because of david cronenberg's crash yeah and kind of the subject matter of the movie yeah it definitely was intentional eric where i think the movie does slow down quite a bit in that second half and um kind of loses me a little bit and i wasn't maybe as invested as it's not as stylish and intense maybe in that second half there are moments of that uh but it does kind of become this kind of uh kind of almost weirdly i'm gonna say this but like a relationship kind of drama between you know a, a a father who lost his uh son previously and you know um the who went missing thing. almost a decade yeah. prior yeah and then of, of of alexia who is on the run after uh some events in the first half of the movie and previously in her life but uh yeah it's a movie that i don't really want to say much about and you've probably read about it basically being this wild ride that won the palm door at can and i think that's all you really need to know like as much as i had a few issues in that second half of as the movie kind of slows down a bit and maybe wasn't as interesting to me uh with this relationship i think it still ultimately works um but there's some wild absolutely wild stuff in this movie that i feel like you will you haven't seen before and i feel like it's (laughs) definitely uh worth it and even talking about what it's about and you might already kind of know what it's about if you did a little bit of research don't go onto wikipedia because it gives the the whole whole plot plot. synopsis Yeah. yeah and um I just think like it, it's stylish. Uh, the music is great. The cinematography is awesome. Um, the lead performance um, 
is incredible. And I think uh, both, um, oh God, I already forgot the pronunciation. Agat Rosella and Vincent Linden, both of them are just giving it their complete all. They're laying it all on the line. They're they're going for it in this movie. And I think uh, both performances are absolutely uh, spectacular. Um, I Completely think. committed. Yeah. You mentioned that after you know we, we watched the film and we were talking about it, uh, going back to the, the, the Go Train. The, the, these two performances are completely invested in the material and believe in what they're doing. And, you know, to watch the film, you could say, oh, well, you know, this is a little quote unquote silly or, or, or you know, genre. So you don't have to take it seriously. They do. You know, the way mm-hmm. that Vincent Linden's character, you know, having mourning the loss of his son without any closure for those years since then playing a fire captain and also, you know, injecting steroids into uh, his buttocks um, mm-hmm. is somebody that, you know, not you're, you're not necessarily supposed to be maybe on his side but at the same time you're able to sympathize with what he's been going through and i think sympathize is the the thing throughout the movie even with a character that you know might you know if you just say what the movie is about isn't supposed to be very sympathetic but like i think the movie touches on some interesting things with you know toxic masculinity and you mentioned gender and, and stuff like that and you know and uh, pregnancy is a is a big thing in this movie too and without giving it away and i think it does a really interesting job using genre and you said like the best genre movies kind of are things that can be sort of social commentary on different things. And you've said that over and over again, Eric, and it's one reason why you, I think really like horror movies and genre movies. And I think this movie does a good job. Again, we're dancing around what it's about, but just trust us in that it does touch on all these subjects, I think in a very visceral, intense wild way that um, is actually kind of trying to say something too. And I think that's ultimately why I think it, you know, won the palm door and can and which is still wild yeah. to me that oh, that movie won be the, the palm door, door. Yeah. um and, and thinking about like moments of of being visceral there are scenes in which you will literally curl your toes yeah. and cringe at because they are so intense and so disturbing at times and you know, I, I like to think that I've seen it all, but when you get a movie like <laughs> this and it reminds you that you're still human while watching it, I think that that's also a, a big win. I think where maybe it loses me a little bit, you mentioned the second act being more sort of grounded in some dramatic elements or at least examining sort of, again, toxic masculinity through this firefighter house and, and, and what have you. But I think where the film ultimately ends up I think the visual aspect of it is very powerful, but I don't know if I was emotionally invested in it, if it makes sense, because you look at something like David Cronenberg's The Fly and how the last act of that movie hits you on an emotional level because you care about the characters where I feel like this is very much a genre exercise at times. And also the narrative is very elliptical and that it's not necessarily going from a to B. It almost feels like the passage of time is nonlinear and that you're not necessarily, you know, it's, it's, it's more almost like scenes or moments with these characters instead of just like okay well this is leading to this and this is going to get you to there there are certain Mm -hmm. moments that they're building up to but it's not necessarily going to 
you know, spoon feed you what, where you're ultimately going to go. And, and you can never predict where this movie no. is, is going to go. And it is strange and weird and out there. But again, if you're it a won't genre, be for everyone, <laughs> that's for no, sure. no, no. But if you're a genre fan, you'll ultimately understand the language that is being sort of conveyed and, and the visual sort of tapestry that's being sort of conveyed on the screen, because you can tell that Julia DeCarno is a huge fan of horror movies and of genre films. And again, like I mentioned, the film that it reminded me the most of is 1981's Possession with uh, Isabella Gianni and Sam Neill, where that movie is icky and weird and also very powerful in you know, it's it's melodrama where I think this movie, the melodrama doesn't work as well, but everything else kind of feels like yes, it's almost I akin totally agree. to that 81 movie. And again, if you've never seen that film, I highly recommend I haven't. Uh, checking you told that me a little bit out. about it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's out there. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like this movie. And the more I have sat on it, the more I have thought about it. Um, I, I, I love it. And yes, we know. Vincent Linden looks like Christopher Maloney. We get it. Um, but he's, but again, I really love an actor like him who, you know, he's worked with Claire Denis and done a lot of these social dramas, like the measure of a man, which he won the actor best actor prize. at can uh, five, six years ago now. Um, so when he does, when he does something like this, the genre, it's kind of fun to see like, you know, respected world actors play within this kind of sandbox the same way, even like Tony Leung is in a Marvel movie. It's yeah. just fun to see these guys who are so well-respected and like as dramatic actors doing world like, celebrated yeah. actors doing kind like of a fucked fun up weird movie. genre movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it was thoroughly enjoyable. I think there was something missing that made me absolutely love it. Um, but I think it's a hell of a way to kick off Midnight Madness. I think that crowd will have an absolute riot with it uh, at the Princess of Wales, which is an interesting venue from moving from the Ryerson. Like I know it's still a very different year where people will be socially distanced and maybe there won't be beach balls bouncing around uh, before the movie starts and things like that. But I, I absolutely think it is a fantastic start to the festival and a fantastic start to midnight madness. Um, I think it's thoroughly enjoyable with some great performances, some interesting, you know, social commentary, and it is wholly, wholly uh, unlike anything you will see this year, uh, let alone in the last uh, probably ever in a movie. Like there are some things that happen in this movie that have never probably happened in a movie before and, or something you've never really even seen before. So, well, I, I disagree with that just a little bit, just because really? of the references I've made to Cronenberg sure. and possession I mean, and things I'm like that. I'm talking specifically about certain things. I don't think have been in another movie before. Right, right. Well, Maybe it's, certain it's, playing in the certain space. Sure. It's like Tarantino, right? Where Tarantino takes those sort and of twists it and makes his own thing out of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, so and that's I get what, what Julia DeCarno is doing with this, where like, if you've seen a Cronenberg, movie if you've seen a nicholas wending reffin film if yes you've seen I, Possession, I get that yeah you'll get those genre mashups that you'll i'm talking you'll more it's hard to say what i'm talking about but i don't think this exact thing has happened in a movie before right maybe but it's also very brutal at times as well so if you do have a weak stomach i, I don't know if i would recommend it because i think again, everyone going in knowing it's a opening night of a midnight madness although that's happened yeah people have fainted and different things like that i mean that's with raw funny. i mean look yeah. at raw right but but again like you're going into this movie thinking okay this is the palm door winner so i've got to see this movie because it's a you know a, a prestigious acclaimed film 
and you think you're going to get like some sort of like social drama or something like that, right. that that is not this movie. This no, is no, no. this is the most hardcore Palm Door winner ever. And for that alone, it's worth celebrating. But on top of that, it's so beautifully directed. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it still is also um, just a great representation of what a filmmaker is able to do and again from a p- female perspective yes. where you know a lot of these movies part of it you know like a lot of these sort of french new wave extremity horror films they offer a lot of stuff in terms of bodily horror and sort of like the idea of of what you know a character is going through but to internalize it from the point of view of a female lead who's also again playing with with gender identity i think all that is really really fascinating stuff I and agree. to go just quickly with rosella this is her first film she's That's acting wild. Yeah, yeah she's acting alongside a you know a veteran a, a legend of french cinema and the reason why julia decarno picked her or, or how she found her was on instagram and she liked her andro- androgynous look that's that was awesome. the reason why she was cast. And it works completely. She kills it in this, literally. Um, it's great. It's a wonderful start to the festival. Um, I do, again, it's hard to talk about without spoiling a lot of it, but um, I think you should check it out. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I really liked it, but there was something missing in that second half that didn't completely grab me as much as that first half of the movie. So I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five, but still a great start to Midnight Madness and a great start to the festival. I'm going to give it a four and a half. It's also one of my favorite films of the year. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Thank you all for listening. This kicks off our TIFF coverage. We'll have new reviews, multiple reviews uh, every single day, uh, starting with this one, um, probably two to three movies a day, maybe even more. Uh, So you can check all those out on the Untitled Movie Reviews podcast channel or right here on YouTube, uh, which is Untitled uh, Movie Reviews and Podcast Conversations. You can find it on uh, YouTube uh, there. We'll link it in our letterboxed HQ, which is Untitled underscore Movies. We posting all over social media which is untitled underscore movies on most places like twitter um but yeah we're just excited and pumped this was a great start to the festival um i'm just pumped to uh talk about movies for the next couple weeks with eric and it's uh, my favorite time of the year so uh thank you as always my name is matt roerbeck you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt roerbeck and I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. You'll never look at knitting needles the same way again.